Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cullum, and this is episode number three. The Student Ministry Podcast is all about having conversations with student ministers, youth pastors, youth workers, really anyone who works in a church context, primarily with students and teenagers. There are amazing stories out there with these people who have amazing experience and amazing wisdom, and we just want to share those stories with you. So we're going to have conversations with them and then pass them on to you. Today, we're going to talk to Kyle Alt. Kyle's the minister of students at the Christian Church of Clarendon Hills, Illinois, and Kyle's also someone I went to college with. And it was great to catch up with Kyle, but also to see what ministry is like in the suburbs of Chicago. So let's dive right into that conversation. Well, thanks for joining us today, Kyle. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about your story, but uh, the podcast listeners do not. So what the first question we have for you is to, to share your story. What's uh, where God you know, has worked in your life to bring you to where you are today? Sure. Um, I grew up son of a preacher in central Illinois, and uh, we moved a lot growing up, probably four or five different central Illinois towns, but always these farmer communities that were kind of, you know, small. And uh, that just seemed normal to me in, in what I grew up with. And then uh, eventually went on to college at Lincoln Christian College, now university. And uh, even though it's just a town of 16,000 people, that seems huge to me at the time. Uh, got my uh, bachelor's in youth ministry there. And uh, it was just a good experience for me to be there. I went there not because of um, the size of the campus, but because of the people I met from Lincoln. And I saw in them someone I wanted to become. Um, and that was a decision I made my freshman year of high school. Uh, but, you know, it was funny because me really committing to the faith came after my freshman year of high school. Whereas like my sophomore year of high school is where I realized, you know, I think every student eventually comes to that point. They think, okay, I'm going through the motions. Do I mean this or not? So I started taking it seriously then. Went on a mission trip um, between my junior and senior year of high school. And uh, that's what really solidified it for me. And I made a commitment in uh, the airport hotel in Miami that, God, I'm not going to keep being lukewarm. I'm in this for sure, no matter what happens. And that was tested a few months after that, where uh, my mom actually was diagnosed with cancer in October and then died literally one month later to the day on Thanksgiving morning. It was a crazy ride. Um, But it was also one of those times where having that faith being solidified just months ahead of that had also walked me and my family through it in, in major ways. And so it's, it's crazy to see how God shows up unexpectedly and he knows what's coming up in your story and, and what he's doing, even though you don't necessarily have 2020 vision until your years down the road. So, you know, all that was, you know, my teenage years were kind of nuts. I was never, I was always the super obedient kid. I never acted out and did all the dumb things that, you know, they say about preachers kids, you're either extremely obedient or extremely rebellious. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the childhood. Like I said, I went to Lincoln then, um, did an internship, started doing student ministry in Lincoln, Illinois at Jeff Street Christian Church, where I know you have some heritage. Yeah, yeah. I spent several years of volunteer and, and some paid ministry there. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome church. Loved to be in there. And then unexpectedly, uh, since God might have been leading us to uh, come up to the west suburbs of Chicago um, with the church now I'm at, which is the Christian Church of Clarendon Hills. And I've been here for just short of four years. It's just now starting to feel a little bit normal being in the hustle and bustle of this area. Uh, haven't been a farmer boy my whole life, but uh, we're, we're in a good place. 
Yep. Yep. I know, know what that change is kind of like, uh, growing up in, in Southern Illinois and then moving to, you know, the Boston area now is, yeah, it's, it's quite a different culture shock. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the people who can move cross country and, and be in these different contexts, I don't know how they do it. It's just, if I can move three hours North and be in culture shock, <laughs> I can't imagine what going across the States is like. It's, yeah, you, you get there. God leads away. So that's right. Yeah. Well, you've been there for nine years, so you've had time. And, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so things have, have changed a little bit, I'm sure, uh, of your experience with within growing up in you know the farmer towns, um, but now in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, has how has that influenced your ministry? What's your current ministry look like? Who do you work, what students do you work with? Um, tell us, yeah. yeah, just a little bit about your ministry. Okay. Well, um, when I was at Jeff Street in Lincoln, uh, it was a church of about 700 folks or so. And, uh, you know, the guy who left, his name was Brian. And it was really neat how he transitioned out simply because he realized, you know, we're not gaining momentum. We're kind of stalling. And I think his passion is moving to do a different kind of ministry. So it was kind of the right time for him to move on. It was a healthy move. And I got to come into a student ministry that wasn't broken. It wasn't hurting. It just needed some energy. And uh, jumped in and never changed anything, you know, in the first year or so. And about a year and a half in, working with our youth leader team, I felt like we really finally clicked and things worked. And was was there a total of three and a half years. So then we moved up here. And, you you know, you can have the success of a, a prior place. Think, okay, I, I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do what I did there here and everything's going to work great and we're going to love it. And had to go through basically three excruciating years of, no, that doesn't work in other places. you got to relearn what you're doing no matter where you go. And so I had like a one-year-long internship at a a sizable church in Springfield, Illinois, before being at Jeff Street. I had a a two-and-a-half-year part-time role at a small country church before that. And each place has just always been adapting who I am to the context and culture and the needs of that church. And so um, even coming here to the West Suburbs, not— not only am I then getting used to a different culture to live in and, and walk through and drive through because the traffic here is just amazing, but I'm getting used to the, the church culture and, and how people just have different values and different needs when they come to church has been kind of a culture shock for me in, in terms of church, and I never expected that. So I've had to really relearn what I, what I think is essential in ministry. Um, and, and some of the things that have, have been you know, essential for me all the way along are you know, the need for family ministry and trying to impact the parents. Uh, and another side of it would be the need to help students connect with the larger culture of the church, not just be isolated and doing their own student ministry. And, and those two both come out of my upbringing in the church. I grew up in small country churches that never had the, the blessing of a student pastor who was paid full time. So my mom was kind of the volunteer and other really great saintly people in our church who looked at us and said, we care about you, even though they were two generations removed from us and had no idea what our music was about or any of that kind of stuff. So that, you know, growing up in that kind of culture really shaped how I, I view ministry today. And, and we've made some major shifts lately. Um, you, you have probably seen this too, where um, churches that are looking for a full-time um, minister don't want someone without full-time experience. Right. So how do you get in, yep. you know? And are you going to be the person that then starts part-time someplace just to get your experience and then just kind of move up the ladder, you know, and is that an okay thing to do in ministry? And it's, it's, I think they're hard questions to answer. So we tried this thing where we realized, uh, that puts a lot of aspiring ministers into a hard place. So what if we had a residency program that's more than an internship here? And, uh, we've also had this need to start a fifth and sixth grade ministry because, uh, prior to my being here, they had seventh and eighth grade 
as uh, no, sorry, sixth through eighth grade as junior high, and then obviously ninth through twelfth as high school. And they said, what if we were to pull sixth graders out of junior high and combine them with fifth graders? Because fifth graders are at that point. I remember as a fifth grader just feeling like I'm too old to be part of this kid stuff anymore. Let's yep. get me out of here. So uh, we launched that when I got here. We brought on a guy to be a resident, and uh, we're now in our third resident in the last four years where they have a chance to be here for a year or two, get experience. You know, Hopefully I play a little bit of a mentoring role for them and help them understand what they're doing. And then we uh, bless them and send them off to go start full-time someplace and hopefully uh, catch their legs. So the, the benefit of that is I think we've blessed a few people. But the, the downside is um, this, the emotional impact that has on your students when they kind of see what's happening and they realize there's a revolving door. So just recently we switched gears. Okay. And now we've taken a guy named Andrew who was one of our all-star high school volunteers just the guy who always goes above and beyond. You say, Andrew, you know, can I, can you do this? And he's like, of course I can. And then he does above and beyond that. And, uh, so Andrew, um, had been going through some stages in his life too, where he uh, was trying to become a cop and he went to school for that and, uh, was a cop for a little bit, then it didn't work out. And so he was kind of in between jobs and we said, Hey, um, we're transitioning. What if you became our high school guy? And so now he's our associate who leads high school ministry and I've transitioned from being the guy who runs high school ministry and oversees fifth and eighth grade. And now I'm actually having direct involvement in fifth or eighth grade, and he's overseeing high school for us. Okay. So it's a major culture shift for us in the sense that, um, you know, you typically think of the lead guy leading the older age, not the younger age. But we are really strategic in doing this um, because there are certain things I want my students to know and do by the time they get to high school. And if you got this revolving door of guys coming through, the ministry is always going to be reflecting their personality, uh, what they're passionate about, what they're gifted for. And so if it's not fitting what we need them to do in high school, then it's constantly changing. There's just way too much movement. Um, So with me being in the younger grades, my hope is to establish habits with parents, youth leaders, and students that then naturally bleeds into our high school ministry and creates momentum we haven't been seeing because um, I think it's a whole lot harder to win back a student you lost in junior high than to win them in junior high and keep them through high school. Yep. So it's it's fresh and new for us. I wish I could say this has been a road that we've traveled and tested for several years, and it's just been fruitful and amazing. Um, you know, on my end, it's been a little bit of a blessing, and I don't want to say curse, but a little more tiresome than expected to transition through these guys because you're always teaching them the new stuff. And um, so while I love the new energy, it's also like, okay, we're going to start from, you know, square one and, yep. and move from there and, and see how this goes. So uh, it, it's been a blessing to be here and have a place that's willing to try new things like that and understand um, growth is more than just numbers. Yeah. And NSCS try to do stuff. Now, we, we could point to certain things we're excited about. Um, you know, we, we've seen our ministries uh, have more students attend. As we're, you know, over the last four years, um, our high school Sunday morning attendance has grown. Our youth group attendance has grown. Um, fifth through eighth grade, I think, has, has been become sizable which is all exciting things. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're trying to also figure out what are the benchmarks we really want to measure as well. You know, right. can we do more than just budget bench, you know, was it budget butts in the seat baptisms and how big your building is, the yep. four B's. Yep. Uh, how do we measure more than that? So kind of a time of transition for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I were to summarize uh, what's most important to me, there's this brand new book that just came out. I don't have you seen this. It's called adoptive youth ministry edited by chap Clark. I'm not, but that sounds interesting. Chap Clark's great, so yeah, I'm sure anything yeah. he puts out is, is going to be great, too. All of his books are pretty much worth reading, in my opinion. Yeah. 
And uh, he just he released it back in uh, February, I believe. And so I pre-ordered it, got it, you know, um, hot off the press that week. And it's it's a textbook, so it's not the kind of book you sit and read in an evening. But it's blessing me beyond belief because um, it's really pushing for the fact that students need to be part of the church in order to do you know what we do in student ministry well, which is not anything new. We've heard this before. If you've read Mark DeVries's uh, family-based youth ministry back from the '90s, he was the first to say it. If you've read Sticky Faith, they're championing that now. If you follow the Orange stuff. Pushing for that now. I mean, everybody—it's like it's in. This is the thing to do, you know. If you're going to try to do the new thing, but what I love that they're doing is they're making it scholarly and they're pointing to all the different facets of it that really makes sense. And um, I feel like for myself, it's even affirming what I feel like is my life calling. You know, I never wanted to be a guy who was really charismatic because mm-hmm. um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got to be something else than that, right? I can't be the guy who just gets a lot of students to like him and show up at a ministry. We've got to do something bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's been our aim here. You know, recruit a lot of leaders who plug into our students and help them love the church and Jesus so that once they graduate high school, they didn't just fall in love with the high school ministry program they leave behind and uh, never knew how to connect with the church in the first place. Awesome. It's great stuff. So specifically, how, how do you run your, your uh, fifth or eighth grade ministry then? You know, I wish I, wish I had something to brag about there. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you this. We uh, currently have a fifth or eighth grade Bible study on Sunday morning, um, which the eighth graders, once we implemented that, hated it. They thought we were the great Satan for uh, creating something like that. And, um, you know, once those eighth graders graduated, it became normal. So um, that's one of our larger gatherings right now. Then we do an eighth, uh, high school Bible study on Sunday morning. And that's another large gathering for us. And um, and then on Sunday evening, we do fifth and sixth grade youth group and then high school youth group. And then Thursday nights, we do junior high youth group. Okay. So middle school is fifth and sixth grade, junior high is seventh and eighth grade for us. Okay. Um, I know we, it's confusing terminology when those are typically synonymous words. But the thing that's been weird for us to realize is for the last three years, we've tried to make Sunday morning our deeper time and the evening stuff our outreach which still works for our fifth or eighth grade crowd, but all of our new students for high school show up on Sunday mornings. They don't show up midweek because around here, uh, every kid is in an AP course and uh, all these students are in these really elite traveling teams. This is nothing I saw in Lincoln when I was there. This is very different. Whereas I could do a midweek two and a half hour program and it was the thing to do. Yep. And we could easily get 50 plus students for high school out and 20 to 30 for junior high. And you remember what that was like when you were at Jeff Street? And now that I'm here, it's just like, oh, we're not the thing anymore. You know, you can't do this midweek here and get away with it. And yeah. so there's a very different need to hit here. And uh, so we're trying to make Sunday morning our, more of our outreach time and Sunday evening more of our deeper discipleship with high school. Cool. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of, of other youth ministers that are in the similar boat, um, that they're seeing a lot of their students that are very busy throughout the week. And, and Sunday morning has really become that outreach time for them. Um, and and it's been a it's it's a culture switch it's it's a mindset switch but I've heard a lot of churches that that has been going pretty well for them so that's that's cool to hear that you're kind of experiencing that too. It's challenging too though because if you think about it, if you're going to make Sunday morning your outreach but you also want it to be the time students connect to the church how do you do it to where you're attractive but you're not the best thing you got to make it to where they want to move on to the next thing so that's something we're tinkering with. Cool. Cool. Well, maybe we'll have you on again sometime and. Uh, 
you know, a couple <laughs> years down the road and be like, okay, now how have things maybe changed again? Or what do you learn through this whole process? So. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I got something to share then. Yeah. <laughs> so you've, you've shared a lot of tips and stuff through that this time. So already, but, um, what are, what maybe one or two other things that you've learned through the years that you think other youth ministers would need to know? You know, I feel like anything I could say would be cliche, but I hope it's not heard that way. Like, I think one of the most important things is the, is to learn to stay, stay put. When we left Jeff Street, um, there was this awesome incoming freshman class that you knew um, if you were there to inherit them as freshmen, you needed to stay for the next four years and see that through just because they were going to build something awesome and you wanted to be there for it. And it was just really weird how God seemed to open this gap and an opportunity, um, if we wanted to, to go ahead and move and hand something off that seemed really awesome to the next guy. And so my thought was, okay, I, I think we've set up something where all of our youth leaders are trained and recruited and excited about what we're doing. The students are on board with what we're doing. This is healthy to hand off. And what my unhealthy expectation was is that the next guy would come in and do exactly what I did <laughs> and champion my cause and um, the ministry would continue to grow my way. And they brought in a guy with a very different philosophy, and he tried to change everything within the first few months and lost all the youth leaders. And thankfully, the guy, guy there now who's championing their cause and loves that church and, um, well, I guess I should have said, he, he ended up leaving after a year and a half. And then another guy who uh, was my associate when I was there stayed through my leaving, the next guy leaving, and now he's been brought on full time. And uh, He's not going anywhere. I can see him staying there a long time. And it's just funny because after about three and a half years, it's about the make or break time for a lot of us guys where we look around and we say, I don't know if I'm going to stay anymore. Do I take off or do I stay? But I also think that's where you start seeing it reflecting your values and you've seen things stop being about the old guy, stop being, you know, parents think you're wrong because you <laughs> do things different than what they want. Um, so I'm at that fun point now where it's like, okay, things really do start reflecting the values we've been trying to create. Now I, I just want to stay a little, little bit longer at least and, and see how this continues to go. Yeah. So that gave me a healthy respect for realizing as much as you think you've set people up for your departure, you never really do. Um, the second thing is to be yourself, which again, how cliche can I be? Let me just say the most cliche thing in the book, <laughs> be yourself. But I, I, you know, gosh, as much as I'm reading these books about growing out of adolescence and mid-adolescence, like I just turned 30 yesterday. So I'm officially like Happy an birthday. adult. Thank you so much. <laughs> And like, I'm officially old now and looking back on my old life, I can say that, um, I feel like only at this point do I really even know who I am and what I'm trying to do. And that's just part of our American culture now. And most of us youth pastors are, I feel like are still in our twenties and we're trying to figure out who we are. And we feel like we got to be like, I don't know, Doug Fields, or we got to be like Reggie Joyner, or we got to be like these big shots who lead these conferences and publish stuff. And we're afraid to be ourselves because we feel like we're inadequate. We yeah. feel like we're a failure the first six months we show up. We have no idea what we're doing. You move to a new place. You're relearning everything. And it's just hard to be yourself. So, you know, I'm hoping for all of us as we're doing ministry, we take notes on those things that seem natural for us. We take notes on those things where it seems like I, I get excited and energized when I do this aspect of ministry. And we figure out who God made us to be while we're doing ministry, not just trying to jump through the hoops and keep a job and, and please people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the last thing is is simply to have a mentor. You know, you can't have too many people to look up to and talk to and and just to help walk alongside you. And uh, I was blessed with a guy who was on our staff here for the last few years who was a veteran in student ministry. And I could just go to at any point and just be like, I'm thinking this. And he'd tell me why it was a really dumb idea, but in a very gentle way. <laughs> yeah. And so even though I've hit the 10-year mark now in student ministry, you know, you never hit that point where you're done getting advice and, and having someone to look up to and, 
and walk alongside of you. So I'm searching right now for who the next guy is for me, but I know the value of it from what I've experienced. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's the kind of thing we can all find for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a, I got all kinds of little practical things that I think are important, but in terms of the big general scope, let me just share my, you know, my three favorite cliches. <laughs> no, those are, those are great. I mean, I remember, um, one of the things that I, you know, cliches, maybe you can call it cliche, but things that I heard over and over and over again through conferences and classes and everything is, you know, make sure you protect your day off or Absolutely. make sure you, you know, take care of your family first. And people might say those are cliches, but you really can't hear it enough because it's, it's so important. So Thanks for sharing some more cliches, but because we, need, we need to hear them over and over again. Because it's always good to pile them on. They make exactly. you feel. They're that warm, fuzzy side you need when it's winter still and it's March and you need it to be, you know, spring. That's right. That's right. Well, if people want to know more about you and your ministry or where to find you, if you're writing or anything online, um, where, where's the best place to, to go and follow you? Man, I am highly unpublished. It's awesome. I, uh, I I write a lot of stuff in my Evernote and never let anyone see it. But if they want to see what our ministry is doing, uh, ccch.org or ccchstudents.com are the two places our ministry hosts our stuff online. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a Twitter account, but that's so I can spy on other people instead of publish things. Uh, I have Instagram just because it seems like it's important to do. But uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, uh, you know, I guess if you want to see what I'm doing and what my babies are up to lately, you can see it on um Facebook. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us and uh, may God bless your ministry. Amen. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this month's episode, the conversation that I had with Kyle Alt. I hope it was encouraging and a blessing to you. And if you think it could be a blessing to someone else, please be sure to share it and, and subscribe to us. And if you like what you've been hearing, please give us a good rating as well. It helps us kind of climb up the rankings so other people can find us. So you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and Podbean. And just be sure to share those and give us a good rating if you like what you hear. Also, if you have someone that you would like me to connect with in the future and actually have on the podcast, be sure to contact me at Steve Cullum on Twitter. That's at S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. We'll be back next month with another conversation. Thanks again for tuning in and may God bless your ministry to students.